0: Hello, I'm Cheryl Kennedy from the Library of Congress. The Library of Congress will celebrate the 800th anniversary of the first issue of Magna Carta with a 10-week exhibition Magna Carta Muse and Mentor opening Thursday, November 6 and running through Monday, January 19, 2015. My guest today has a special connection to the Magna Carta, one of the world's most enduring symbols of liberty and the rule of law. Lord Lothian, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Could you discuss how you became aware of your family's role in the safekeeping of Magna Carta during the Second World War?
1: Well, I was generally aware that my, he was my father's predecessor, my cousin, Philip Lothian, who was ambassador in Washington at the time had handed over Magna Carta for safekeeping in November 1939. What I hadn't realized was that it had been something of a, of a special occasion, with speeches and uh, obviously a very dramatic moment, and I've been fascinated to learn more about it, not least from my trip to Washington uh, not so long ago.
0: Well, as a career lawmaker, how have you seen Magna Carta's legacy in action in the U.K.?
1: Well, I mean, in general terms, the whole question of the rule of law, which is what Magna Carta was about, is behind every piece of legislation that is passed by the United Kingdom Parliament, and certainly was in our minds in the years that I was a member of the House of Commons. And we were all aware that the rule of law is the way that a civilised society governs its relationships within itself. And so it's important that The rule of law is the foundation of all legislation, and that was very much in our minds. But in a practical sense, uh, not so long ago, when there was a move in the face of terrorism to extend the number of days that uh, somebody who'd been uh, taken in uh, on suspicion of terrorism could be held uh, without charge, uh, was going to be extended to 48 days and beyond. That was resisted by Parliament and was eventually dropped because that was very much against the spirit of Magna Carta and against the whole principle of, of, uh, of habeas corpus. And so, to that extent, Magna Carta has a very significant and lasting influence. Uh, I myself am a lawyer by profession, and in my time practicing at the, uh, at the law, I often saw, for instance, in the use of trial by jury, the, the very important uh, contribution that Magna Carta still makes to the way that we practice our law.
0: Why do you think America has, or Americans, have such a fascination with the Magna Carta?
1: Well, I I think for two reasons. One was that uh, American independence was uh, understandably trying to remove the uh, United States from under the influence of a king across the water uh, uh, on the basis that, Uh, Why should somebody who was not uh, elected or had a direct connection with them direct uh, them as to what they could do? And uh, we saw that that in the the so-called Boston Tea Party. Uh, But when American independence came and looking for the foundations of the Constitution, what better than to find uh, a, a charter as this was, which said that nobody was above the law, including the king, and that uh, the king uh, had to to abide also by the rule of law. Uh, And that, I think, was the foundation of the American Constitution.
0: What do you think developing countries can learn from this important document?
1: Well, I I think that, as I said earlier, the foundation, that the rule of law, is the way in which civilized societies govern themselves. And that is absolutely essential to developing countries. Uh, It it, it almost uh, surpasses the sort of the concept of of elected democracy, the rule of law, fundamental human rights, justice, uh, the fact that you cannot incriminate yourself in court, all of these are ways in which you actually create a civilised society. And I think those elements, rather than trying to impose direct blueprints for democracy or whatever in other countries, are very important and understandable principles which can be used in the development of those countries' constitutions.
0: Well, when I actually saw the rough draft of the Declaration of Independence, I had goosebumps. Can you tell me how you felt when you first saw the Magna Carta?
1: Yes, I mean, I, I suppose I, I was brought up with it, having been educated here. It was very much part of our history, which we were taught. But as I say, the more I became uh, involved in the law and in legislating. Uh, clauses such as that which says that no free man shall be taken or imprisoned or outlawed or banished or in any way destroyed uh, except by the lawful judgment of his peers and by the law of the land was an extraordinary declaration of the rights of a human being. And when you think that was 800 years ago in the turbulent circumstances of those times, that really does uh, give you, as you say, goosebumps.
0: What is so special about the Lincoln Cathedral copy? I think it's, 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 one
1: of, it's one of a number of copies, but it's one which has always been regarded as being a very authentic uh, copy of it. It's not the first time, as you know, it's come to, to the United States. It was there uh, when it was handed over for safekeeping at the beginning of the war. And if I'm not right, I think it was also there in the celebration of the bicentenary of American independence. And so it, it obviously has, has, has a, a great uh place in the American people's affection for the concepts of, of, of Magna Carta, as it does for the British.
0: Do you have any connection to a baron who was present in 1215 at uh, Runnymede or even uh, with King John himself?
1: Uh, it was a long time ago, but yes, I, I have a connection with King John because uh, I am directly descended from Mary, Queen of Scots, who herself was descended from the Tudors uh, by marriage uh, of her her, her grandfather. And uh, uh, the Tudors were directly descended from King John. And so although it's uh, way back, I can actually uh, demonstrate a direct link.
0: Well, I heard you on a YouTube video talking about your... Background and the influence that uh, the Scots had on the world. Can you share some of that with me, please? In
1: terms of the in terms of the Scots, yes. I mean, I, I live in Scotland. I am a Scot, although I, I was actually an English MP. But the Scots over over the over the last three centuries have had an enormous impact in terms of philosophy, in terms of the export of law, in terms of the invention of uh, medical devices. Uh, The uh, discovery of penicillin, when you look around, this rather small country of some five million people at the top end of the British Isles has had a disproportionate influence on on the history of the world, and it's something we can all be proud of.
0: Also, you visited the Library of Congress uh, in June of this year. What were your impressions of the nation's library?
1: I was immensely impressed. Uh, I mean, it is—it's it, a very dramatic experience to be taken round, as I was round, round round the library and to see the various aspects and elements of it. It's, but it's just the whole atmosphere created by the building, by the by the sculptures, by the pictures—all uh, of that, in a sense, brings back to someone like me who worked in Parliament, where again there was a, a very effective library. But the importance of Record keeping of our literature, of our literary history, uh, uh, on the way that we develop our nations now. And being there at the Library of Congress gave me a very strong feeling that this is very much at the heart of American democracy.
0: I understand that while you were here, you visited the American Folklife Center and you also had an opportunity to play a special guitar.
1: I did indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm, I suppose, uh, it's a sign of a misspent youth, but I, I played the guitar myself, and I've uh, for long uh, sung American folk songs. And so uh, to, to be in, in that part of the library was particularly special for me, and I played the guitar which had been played by Burl Ives, who I remember in my younger days uh, was a very uh, important part of American folk uh, folk history.
0: I understand you like American country music. What appeals to you about America's country music?
1: I think two things. I mean, American country music—you can almost, uh, for a lot of it, anyway, you can you can uh, trace the direct link back through uh, the Appalachians, the hillbillies, to uh, to Northern Ireland, and back from there to Scotland. And so, a lot of Scottish folk music has the same structures and same format as you now find in American folk music. And historically, that's a fasc- fascinating development, and I I love to follow that. But equally, uh, as a I suppose a child of the 60s, I was very much taken by the development of folk music in America through the likes of Bob Dylan and Tom Paxson and so on, and I very much uh, followed them and sang their songs, and uh, in fact, I got to know them.
0: Well, thank you so much for an enlightening conversation. Is there anything that you would like to add about either your relationship with the Magna Carter or its history or what you like Americans to take away when they finally see for some, for the first time, this important symbol of liberty and law?
1: I think just to to see something which uh, 800 years ago, in, in what, as I say, very dark and turbulent times in European history, that this signal of light could suddenly be produced, which has had such an effect on uh, on the way the, the world has developed since then. It was Winston Churchill who described it as a law which is above the king and which even he must not break. And I think that was the background to its power. And certainly seeing it in, in, in actuality is a very uh, moving moment uh, for myself. I mean, I'm having now learnt about the way in which it was handed over in 1939. I'm very much looking forward to being there on the 6th of November when this, this, this handover is commemorated.
0: Well, thank you again. And again for the listeners, Magna Carter, Muse, and Mentor will be on exhibit at the Library of Congress, November 6th through January 19th, 2015.